0: Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. My name is Al D. I am the host of the MBA Insider Podcast and the founder of MBAschool.com. And today I am lucky because I have a friend and fellow Tar Heel, uh, Becca Jordan-Wright, on the podcast with me today. So Becca is a second year MBA student, class of 2021 at UNC Kenan flagler And in addition to that, Becca is also the president of the Carolina Women in Business, which is a phenomenal organization that she's going to talk a little bit more about and really dig into, um, not only what it is, but also to, from her perspective, really share with the perspective MBA students out there, um, what Carolina has to offer and what they're up to in the Carolina women in business. So, uh, Becca, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for joining. Um, maybe just, let's just start with a quick intro. You know, what were you doing before business school and, and why did you originally choose to go to business school in the first place?
1: Awesome, Al. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, First off, gotta say go Heels, uh, go Tar Heels. It's awesome to talk to an alum like yourself. And thanks for having me on the, on the MBA school podcast. It means a lot. Um, Yeah, so great question. Hi, everyone. I'm Becca Jordan Wright. Um, I am a, again, a second year MBA student. And my path to business school was a little bit different. Um, I studied public health in undergrad. Um, I, went, I was at the Gilling School of Global Public Health at UNC. I'm from North Carolina originally, so um, NC is near and dear to my heart and especially the people in it. I went to Deloitte consulting straight from school and worked in human capital management. So basically, I was helping federal agencies with their HR needs and helping them strategize uh, to plan for the workforce for the future. So I did a lot of that in both Homeland Security and Health. And then I pivoted into healthcare M&A. So I was working in the commercial sector for Deloitte. Um, traveling around and, you know, going across the country and helping clients um, in the healthcare MA space. So your question on why did I go to the MBA? I, again, had more of a public health undergrad. I knew I wanted to kind of sharpen my business acumen. And I thought, what better way to do it than to get a grad degree, but also get it in business. Um, I toyed around with a dual degree, but for me, business school, especially Keenan Flagler felt like the right fit culturally Um, where I can learn the business acumen and take the core classes, but culturally, it just felt like the right fit, which we can talk about um, as the podcast goes on.
0: Yeah, and thank you for that background, and again, I'm biased, but those people who go to UNC and work at Deloitte often end up doing good things, so um, again, a little bit biased, but I forgot about that for a second, that you are also one of those people just like me, Um, so that's (laughs) That's great. And enough with the self-serving comments, but so now you, you are the leader of the Carolina women in business, which, um, I would love for you to maybe talk a little bit about in terms of, you know, number one, I mean, you can do a lot of things in business school, right? You can spend a lot of time and a lot of your time on anything that you want to do. So I guess maybe just to start, you know, what made you interested in really, um, taking on this leadership role to lead, you know, Carolina women in business, and to devote a lot of your time and energy into this 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 opportunity.
1: Great question, Al. Um, honestly, it was a little bit self serving. So I did not feel that I fell into the typical fell into the typical business school mold, mold, right? I didn't see myself as oh, someone coming from iBanking or years in corporate finance or real estate, and someone that really um, fit the ideal MBA candidate. Um, so what changed my mind really was Quib, um, Quib or Carolina women in business. We call it Quib for short. Um, they do a amazing annual conference, and it's on campus. It's in the fall. You get to see Chapel Hill when all the leaves are changing. It's beautiful. Um, The weather's perfect, and they bring in alumni to come back and speak. Um, Industry leaders, they have different panels. It's kind of choose your own path based on your interests, but they also pair you up with current students, so you can really get to understand the culture of the school. So I'm sitting there talking one-on-one with amazing, like, accomplished first and second years that are extremely welcoming, extremely friendly, and are genuinely interested in me and interested in helping me plug in and see myself at Carolina. So for me, the whole idea of leading Quib was I I knew from the second I stepped foot on campus um, for that conference um, that I knew that I wanted to be a part of this organization. And so it was a combination of the conference and the mentors that I had that showed me that, hey, Becca, like you really want to put your time and energy into leading this amazing organization and leaving the school better than you found it.
0: That's great. And I I love that. And I think that it also speaks to the dual nature sometimes of student organizations that play such an important role in terms of enriching what's going on in the MBA program and the current students, but and also in terms of being able to reach at that time, a prospective student like you and helping you understand the opportunities that you would be afforded, you know, if you were to come to a program, you know, like Carolina. And I think that is something that's critical, because it is not always apparent to MBA applicants or prospective students exactly where they're going to find their fit or how they're going to be able to navigate the student experience. And I think your experience kind of uh, illustrates that. But also now, you know, in terms of leading it, it's also your chance to kind of put your own spin in terms of how you can make an impact in that regard, both for current students as well as, you know, prospective students. And so, you know, on that notion, can you talk a little bit about, you know, Quib and um, maybe some of, you know, overall its its mission and goals, and then maybe perhaps, you know, what you think you're going to focus your time and energy on, you know, this specific year, you know, in terms of leading it.
1: Sure. Sure. Um, So I'm extremely proud to lead uh, one of the largest diversity clubs at UNC in in terms of membership. So um, while Carolina um, right now is around 31 percent female, um, which for some people, you know, it's it's pretty low and it's a number that we're working working actively um, to increase. And we've already gone up about four percentage points from last year, which is incredible. Um, Quib's mission, it, it, it's kind of three parts. So our mission really is to create lasting impact for women in the workplace by providing opportunities for career and personal development, in, but also a combination of inspiring male allies and facilitating networking opportunities, connecting alumni and increasing women representation in school. So I know that's a lot. But I like to like fully explain that it's just so multifaceted. It's not just a group that you meet to help with networking and recruiting. It's not just an event where we have fun social outings, which we do. Um, and, you know, virtual right now with our virtual yoga series, happy hours, um, wind down Wednesdays, we got to bring in a sommelier as well. Um, super, super fun things. But, but we also are just a place where we can kind of come together and look out for our family of females in the program. Um, new as of last year was our, our male allies program, so we actually brought up an executive VP onto the board, and um, hi, hi, right now it's his name is Will Collier, and, and last year it was Jermaine Davis who really helped us pave the way in making male allies learning and development opportunities. So it's not just a female only event, we actively encourage um, males as well to join, because um, you know, honestly, it's it's two part. We're going to be both male and female working together as we enter the workforce. So it's extremely important that we know how to look out for one another and we know what problems that we're facing, um, especially as women that are most of the time minorities in business. Um, so a lot of exciting plans. I mentioned, you talk about plans for the year. Um, event wise, we've got things such as our conference. We've got a lot of social events. We're really focusing on wellness this year. So we're doing things like the virtual yoga series. Um, we're also, excuse me. We're also um, doing some things that are a little more creative. We did a mask sewing event in mod 4, uh, at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, so a lot of fun things there. But my main focus really is intersectionality. Um, you know, it's a hot topic nowadays, but one thing we've been trying to call more attention to is how the typical MBA student is no longer, again, this cookie cutter person that, you know, comes from a strict finance background and acts a certain way and dresses a certain way. Um, It's, again, it's complex individuals that have unique experiences that they bring to the table. And so for us, we do a lot of fishbowl events. So those are very vulnerable opportunities for panels with our LGBTQ community. We have a race and allyship fishbowl event. We have a women in business fishbowl event. Um, And those have been some of the most well-attended events that we've had in the last year. So we look forward to doing Doing three if not four of those in the coming year. Um, last thing I'll say is lean in circles. So in this virtual environment, um, the Carolina community, I like to say, is alive and well. Um, we're breaking up into small lean in circles named after the COO of Facebook, Cheryl Sandberg's book, Lean In. And basically the idea is that when you're in tight groups and have these mentorship opportunities, you are going to feel included, um, not only learn better, but achieve at your like highest potential. And so the idea is that we're putting second years and first years in these groups, some meeting in person, socially distant with masks um, that are in Chapel Hill, others that are meeting virtually, and really just helping them make new friends in the program, but also having immediate mentors that can reach out and connect them uh, to better their personal and professional life. I was a mouthful uh, Al, but
0: yeah I'm, I'm super no. if,
1: it, if it doesn't show I'm super excited about the year ahead
0: yeah no for sure I hope at some point you'll also be able to make it to class or do some other things because it sounds like you'll have uh your <laughs> sounds like you have your
1: you're 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 throwing me a softball here, but I I um I have an amazing team, Al. Like I have six executive VPs, all second years. I have twenty some VPs. So this is a team effort all the way. And sure, um I just got got to give them a shout out because it's a team effort.
0: No, absolutely. And I think as you're articulating the things that you're doing and what you're focused on in terms of outreach, as well as with all of the either. Um, events you're hosting to forge connection and community or events for professional development and whatever it is, I think what it speaks to at the heart of it is what is what makes an MBA program great. And that's the ability to forge connection and relationships between people uh, around shared interests or around opportunities. And that is what I think is such a, you know, the value of one of the big values of an MBA experience is, is being able to have those collisions and those opportunities either to strengthen relationships, to learn, uh, to find opportunities, to do new things. And I think to me, at least one of the things, and I'm obviously biased because I went to UNC, but I think this is true for a lot of other smaller MBA programs is that it, when you have a smaller school, it does give a chance to get to know people a little bit better but, what I see that you are also doing is even taking that a step further and by you know doing things like lean in circles or by having these fish bowls it's even making something that is smaller, even more smaller and intimate, and really facilitating the opportunities for people to develop those relationships and uh, and those bonds and opportunities for that matter as well so exactly. that's what sticks out to me at least
1: yeah i know i I couldn't agree more. I think it's just as much as important to help. Um, women with recruiting and, and male hours with recruiting as it is to help us in this really difficult time that we're in. Um, you know, both with all the racial injustices that we're facing as well as a global pandemic. So we really sure. gotta stick together.
0: No, I I totally agree. And I and I think even in these in even in this time of how in general MBA programs are on a spectrum in terms of how they're delivering the program, but' we'll, for the sake of the argument we 'll say hybrid, even though it is a hybrid environment, even though sometimes it is virtual, being in a place where you have a community of people and a chance to engage with them, particularly in challenging times it, it, it's, a, it's a much better it's a good place to be in it's a good, it's a good thing it's a good thing to have um, it's better than not having that at least. One uh one other thing I wanted to talk about because this really this podcast and this episode in particular is meant to really highlight what it's like for some of the prospective candidates out there. But maybe if you could speak to um why should prospective um, women female candidates consider you and see Flagler and you know think about this through the lens of, you know, obviously being quit president, but even you know, putting yourself back in your own shoes when you were Kind of going through this process for these prospective students you know what makes uh what would make a, this a great fit or a great opportunity for some of the female media candidates that are out there
1: yeah it's awesome i so i'll hit you with some facts first and then i'll talk a little anecdotally about about my experience um for everyone out there um we're really proud to be recognized by the princeton review as the business school ranked number three in providing the greatest resources for women I think that just speaks to all the different opportunities I won't have time to mention on this podcast um, that we have at Keenan-Flagler. But on top of that, it also speaks to a a culture that it's really hard to put a a finger on exactly what it is. But um, the second you come onto campus or that you talk to a second year or first year, you're immediately part of the Carolina family. And I think that That is something that can't be uh, replicated anywhere else. It's something that's alive in Chapel Hill, it's alive on the main campus. It's something that you will see with alumni, the 12,000 female MBA alumni that are ahead of you as well. So um, again, number three, by the Prince Review for Greatest Resource for Women, which makes me really excited. Um, And it's something that I want people to know about. also, there's an amazing program going on right now called the 100 Women's Initiative. Um, basically, it was started by uh, both Beth Struggle and Kit Rudrick, two uh, alumni from uh, Keenan Flagler. And they have done an amazing job bringing women um, alumni and donors together to help increase the number of women in the program. So we're actually putting our money where our mouth is, and, as well as our time, and trying to continue to make Keenan Flagler the place to get an MBA for for uh, females especially. Um, so I, I like to call it a kind of strategic consolidation, amplification of females ac- accomplishments and connection to really demonstrate the power of the Keenan flagler community. Um, so basically you can check out the 100 Women's website. It's um, helping make things like scholarships. It's helping to fund prospective students to come to conference. It's helping to fund different conferences throughout the year, give money back to Carolina Women in Business. It's It's a phenomenal opportunity and a great place um you know great family that has you know holds strong to our values but has really open arms in terms of welcoming others and increasing the number of females in the program currently so um got it. shameless plug for for 100 women and for our our Princeton review um score
0: no that's that's great I think those are both great great resources and you know maybe perhaps you might be able to give some color in terms of why you chose it as well and in terms of you know, your own kind of decision process from when you were a prospective student?
1: Sure. Yeah, I, I cut off the inks, I didn't want to talk about myself too much, but. You that's okay, that's why, that's why you're here,
0: that's why you're here.
1: Okay, I'm honored. Um, yeah, so for me, I had amazing mentors that were a couple years ahead of me. I was always kind of keeping an eye on LinkedIn or hearing about how they were doing through friends of friends. Um, and honestly, I, you know, I had an amazing mentor, her name was Taylor Henning. And she was a couple years older than me um, in my health policy program. Uh, she she killed it doing healthcare consulting for a while, and and basically she came back to Keenan Flagler and she showed me that the transition was something that I could handle. Um, I also had amazing advisors in public health that were just encouraging me to get go to graduate school to begin with. Um, but it's not an easy choice, right? You've got a lot to decide on, you know, can you make the financial commitment, the time commitment, do you want to move, how it's going to affect your family or personal life if you're uprooting from a city that you've been in for years. Um, so so basically, the time felt right. I got good counsel on it. And I got into an amazing program. And so it, it, it all honestly, the stars aligned. Um, and, and for me being being a Christian, like God, God really provided in, in that way.
0: That's great. And I thank you for sharing a little bit of your background and your, your own story. And I think, again, as being biased here, but I think as another fellow UNC alum, you know, I think you're absolutely right. I think that sometimes we refer what you're talking about in terms of the uniqueness of Carolina was as the Carolina way in Carolina. terms of how uh, that uniqueness of how we engage and interact and, and support one another. And I have seen that to be true in so many different aspects of my life. Uh, since I've, since I've graduated. And so I would absolutely like echo that. And I would say that is unique to Carolina in many respects, but I also think, and again, I'm biased, but the value of a program like UNC and being the size that it is, is that it is small enough where you do still can get those personal connections and you can uh, build those personal relationships, but you also know that you still have the backing of a, you know, top, you know, public institution, you know, in the United States, which has a vast um, alumni network. Um, I will stop with my soapbox on the benefits of, of this, but I, I you know, I, I, again, obviously biased, nothing against big MBA programs. They have many benefits as well, but I do think to some of the things that you were speaking to in terms of mentorship, in terms of relationships, in terms of support, mm-hmm. I, I think those are all really valuable aspects, particularly of a program like a UNC Keenan Flagler, and it sounds like Definitely. you've been able to take advantage of those, and and now in this role are also facilitating, you know, that happening for current students and prospective students, too.
1: Right. Definitely. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you 100%.
0: Okay, so you have this conference coming up, and it's sort of a big deal, so I would love for you to maybe talk about it when it is sure. what you what's on the agenda and what you're excited about because I think it's going to be really great. So would you mind sharing more?
1: I would be happy to, Al. Thanks. So November 6th, mark your calendars. It's a Friday. Um, it's going to probably be running around like nine o'clock, 10 o'clock time frame until, um, around one 30 in the afternoon. It's fully virtual. So usually our conferences in person catered guest speakers flying in from all over the world. Um, but this year we actually can reach more people. We can, um, be cognizant, obviously of the global pandemic that we're in. And yeah, to touch more people's lives by doing something virtually. So we're really excited about this. We're making it a little more compact because Zoom fatigue is real. <laughs> so we're trying to be real there. Um, and yeah, you can sign up right now. You can Google the Carolina Women in Business Conference. Uh, you can check out carolinawomeninbusiness.com. For uh, tickets on Eventbrite, but basically the theme this year is 2020 vision. Um, so we talk about as leaders how we have to look ahead and define a vision for ourselves and for our organizations. But we also need to look backwards and learn from the past and learn from what we see, you know, in hindsight. So um, it's also important right now. You know, we've got a lot going on, like we like we mentioned previously, Al. But if we Just take the time to look around us and be inspired and and practice a little bit of kind of radical self-love right now. I think we all could benefit from that. And that's really what the the conference is going to be about, Um, taking some time to reflect, which I'm really excited about because it's been go, go, go. I don't know about you, but um, even in the the pandemic, even in at home, it's been nonstop. Um, So really, it's going to bring together us as women, as allies in business. We're going to examine how all of these pieces fit together and really hear from successful um, leaders that are in industry. So a lot of alumni are coming back to speak. We've got keynotes. We've got um, a lot of, again, create create your own path. whether you're interested in marketing or financial markets, entrepreneurship, venture capital, um, we, real estate. We've got all of these different tracks. And so the panels will be kind of a, um, you know, come as come as you are. And, and listen to to the speakers in that, in that way. So you can ask your questions. You can hear from second years. We'll have networking opportunities and it is for anyone and everyone, whether you're a current MBA student, you're thinking about an MBA, you have applied or you're even going to another school. Like, that's awesome. Congratulations. Like come join us so we can be a part of each other's network. Um, and again, it's also for our male allies out there. We would, we would love anyone and everyone. I've already bought my mom a ticket. So you know, it's, 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 it's open to all. So definitely check out carolina women in and uh, we'd love for you to, to join us in the conference.
0: That's great. And we'll make sure we put the link in the show notes so people can register and sign up. I know I need to buy my ticket cause I'm looking forward to it. So Yay. Becca, this great. thank you for sharing this. I guess maybe just to close out here, what advice do you have for prospective MBA applicants or candidates right now, just in terms of, You know, all of those fun things that you and I both had to go through around this time, you know, a few years ago, you know, in terms of sorting through the application process and making, getting them in on time, finding the right school, Mm -hmm. all of that fun stuff. You know, what are the types of tips you have or what advice do you have for those prospective students out there?
1: Yeah, I would say a similar thing that I said in a Forte um, virtual um, conference panel that I got to attend this summer. Um, Three things, one being try to craft your mission statement. So really figure out what are you about? This is your personal mission statement, your brand, what sets you on fire? And that's kind of of part two. Where does your energy lie? So don't try to come into business school and be, again, like a cookie cutter. Oh, I got to fit into this fancy, you know, real estate program, or I need to be a marketing, you know, brand expert. If, if that's not really what you're excited about, it's really easy to come in, you got a new culture, you want people to approve of you, you want to fit in, you want to get the best paying job I mean, all of that is what there's these pressures that come in and it's kind of similar to undergrad. So you really need to know yourself going in and make sure that you are, you know, being true to that. So, again, try to write a mission statement for yourself. I even put it on my resume at the bottom. I think it helped me land my internship, to be honest. It was a great conversation topic. Um, And then I'd also say find out where your energy lies, including personal side. So take the time to do yoga. That's what sets you on fire. Take the time to bake if that's the way, if that's therapy for you. Get a dog in quarantine. I'd highly recommend it, but it's a lot of work. Um, Do all of those things. Don't forget about those things when you're stuck in the core classes and, you know, you're being bombarded with a lot of opportunities. Last thing I'll say is trust your gut. I felt a lot of pressure to attend different schools or to attend different career um, tracks, so to say, just based on what other people thought was right for me. What I wish I would have done from day one was really trust my gut and, and follow my own instincts um, of what I liked and what I didn't like, not just what the world is, is telling me I should or shouldn't like. So um, again, three things, mission statement, energy, and trust your gut. Um, I hope you all will will take that and then apply it to, to your lives too.
0: I think that's all great advice and a great way to wrap this up. Uh, Becca, thank you so much for being on, for talking about your journey to Carolina, for talking about Quib, for talking about the Quib Conference, and for leaving prospective candidates with some great advice on how to navigate the MBA application process. Thank you so much for joining me today on the MBA Insider Podcast.
1: Awesome. It's my pleasure, Al. Thank you.
0: Hi, everyone